There are so many good people in the world, but sometimes they're too humble to shout that from the rooftops. You know, like the good people aren't as visible. And I then it got me thinking, there's not really a brand. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm excited to bring you today's featured conversation with Betsy Westhafer. Betsy helps lead an organization called the Love Light Circle. And in our conversation today, we talk about what it means to dream big, like to step out of your comfort zone, how to impact change by doing the little things uh, and trusting others to do their part. She shares a beautiful story about how her organization is trying to change the world. I know that you're going to love this conversation with Betsy. And if you do, the best compliment that you can give us is to share the episode, to tell somebody about it, to let someone know what's happening in the world and why this is something they need to listen to. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Betsy Westhafer. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm excited to have an incredible conversation today with my good friend, Betsy Westhafer. Betsy, how the heck are you? I am so good, Tony. So good to be here. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here. I think you have a, a very important message uh, for so many and a message that the world needs to hear. Um, so I'd love to just jump right into it. Um, why don't we start with kind of, um, I mean, a lot of people know about the, the Dayton shootings um, I would love for you to tell us about it kind of from your perspective and um, how that whole week unfolded for you. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, so my husband and I were down at Lake Cumberland and got a text that morning saying there's been a shooting in the Oregon district. And of course, my heart just sunk. And um, my son had said, Mom, if we don't know somebody, we're going to know somebody that knows somebody just because our community's, you know, pretty tight. Sure. And, um, so just holding my breath, you know, until they release the names. But on the way home, I was going through Facebook trying to figure out what was going on. And I saw a picture, of, a group picture with my husband and myself in it. Um, and I, it was from Halloween down the Oregon District several years ago. And I was like, what? why is this picture being posted right now? And then I read the post and I saw that our good friend, Logan Turner had been killed in the shooting hmm. and that our other friend had, uh, Mason Martin had been shot in the, in the shooting along with Mason's cousin, Travis. And so it was just completely the biggest gut punch in the world. And, um, so got home, start talking with everybody, you know, as everybody, everybody was just so blindsided and, and devastated that this could happen here. And, um, yeah, cause Dayton still kind of has a small town feel to it. Yeah. And like you said, if you're going to know somebody or you're going to know somebody who knows somebody there, I mean, there's less than half a million people kind of in the area, more or less. And the Oregon district is like the central place where you're going to go out for nightlife. Yeah. Yeah. Super safe place. Great place. Good people. And, um, so, so the next day I went to the prayer vigil down in the Oregon district and, um, it was all good. And then governor DeWine got up to speak and people started chanting, do something, do something. And the next day I saw on the news, there were a bunch of people at the state house in Columbus screaming at the state house, do something, do something. And while I understand the emotion and the frustration about all of this, what struck me is it's just not good enough to yell at other people to do something. And I just kept thinking, what can I do? What could each of us do to make this better? And it, granted, it's a very multifaceted problem. It's it's kindness, it's mental health, it's guns, it's all kinds of different things that 
create this bad storm that we're in with these mass shootings. And But I thought, you know, what's one piece that I can impact? And so um, I, I just, I don't, I, it's hard to explain, but I couldn't not think about it. And I just kept getting this flood of ideas of things that we could do. And so I started documenting them. And then I, I spoke with Logan's family and, and some of our mutual friends and they, they kind of liked it, what, what I was thinking of putting together. And so now just real quick, when you say that it was, uh, it was consuming you, um, how, how did that feel in the sense of, uh, was it, did it feel like a, a good consumption or more like an a, obsession if if I could use the those words. Yeah, I would say it would be closer to obsession. Okay. And there were so many emotions going on right at that time. You know, just I couldn't sleep for a number of reasons and part of me would get excited about stuff we could do and then two minutes later I'd be in tears. And a, f- a friend of ours said, yeah, it not just it doesn't just come in waves, it comes in tidal waves. You know, it was just so much emotion. So it was kind of kind of a really back and forth between getting excited about doing something positive versus just being in this incredible state of grief about what's happened. And and I tell people too, it's it's kind of a different kind of grief. It doesn't minimize other types of grief, but it's just a different type of grief when someone you know and love is killed in a violent crime. Sure. It's just a complete nothing you were ever, ever expecting. And um, so it was a lot of emotional up and down. Now, I, I know that you are a woman of faith. Absolutely. And so let me ask you this. what what What's God, where's God fit into all of this? Because I, I imagine that there's a lot of people listening right now who who are grieving and maybe not grief from, you know, tragic violence or senseless violence, but grief in general. How, how did God fit into that picture for you in the in the tidal waves? Yeah, well, a couple of things. And you'll remember this conversation. I had reached out to you a few months ago saying I just couldn't find my, my passion and my place to get back to the community that I wanted to. And I tried a few things, but nothing that just got me jumping out of bed to say, yeah, I'm going to go make a difference in this way. And I was kind of struggling with that. And then this happened. And then I just got as you said, obsessed with the idea of how can I make a change? And so I think that's one way God entered into this is that he gave me that direction, Mm. you know, that I had been looking for. And um, so rather than me going out and trying to find where I need to plug in, this thing happened and it forced me to, I mean, I just don't have a choice. And I, I, I tell people I've never understood truly what it meant to have a calling until this happened. And I feel like this is my calling to make a difference in this way. So how did you know it was a calling and not just a moment? Because I felt like it, it was, it it just didn't stop in my head. You know, Mm. like I could just tell I was getting all this creativity flooding my head. I was getting all these people that were supporting what I was proposing. Um, I've always, when people ask me, and it's kind of a weird term, but when people say, what's your superpower, I feel like mine is connecting people. And this gave me the ability to do that as well, to use my talents for something that will make a difference. So I just felt like the the planets were aligning for this to be my calling. And um, so it's 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 been going. Yeah. And so let's jump back into that then. And so you're You've kind of got this calling and obsession, and f- for so many people, when they find their calling, it's like being set on fire, but never 
never burning. Yeah. You know, it's it's a great feeling. And you is. know, and um and you begin to talk to the the Turner family. Mm-hmm. And what tell me about that conversation. How how does that go with them and, and how does that lead to uh flushing out your calling? Yeah, so I didn't know Logan's family before all this happened and small world story we discovered that Logan's stepmom is my husband's long lost second cousin that he grew up with as a child so wow and then <laughs> of they course lost, he is why wouldn't he yeah be? lost yeah. touch in adulthood and we didn't know that all these years so there was like this extra family kind of connection to well, it's a little bit of like trust almost built yeah, in. yeah yeah exactly and um so I honestly don't even remember how we started having the conversations um but I just said, you know, we, we need to do something that, well, I, I can tell you, I do remember at Logan's funeral, somebody stood up and said, something good will come from this. We have to make sure that something good comes from this. Mm. And, and so I was having all these ideas and I shared them and, and with some of Logan's friends. And, um, I just thought this is something that we can do to honor Logan's memory. This is exactly the kind of person Logan was just always wanting to, to do good and put light into the world. And he's, he was just such a a positive force. And so it just felt like the right thing to do to honor his legacy, but also to do something bigger than Dayton and something that would kind of replicate Logan's spirit across the country and across the world. So um, that's kind of what's happening. And it's been very exciting. Yeah. So tell us about the vision, because obviously this is uh, it's gaining momentum. As you and I sit here, you know, there's more and more people are, are kind of logging into this community that mm-hmm. that has been born out of the rubble of this tragedy. Um, what is it? Sure. So um, a little bit of background on how we got to this point. Um, you know, I was thinking. A lot of people were saying when this happened, I think they were getting this feeling that the bad guys were winning the war because mm. they're louder. They get the headlines. They, you know, there's one right after the other. And I felt like people were starting to feel defeated. And I thought, you know, I know that's not true. There are so many good people in the world, but sometimes they're too humble to shout that from the rooftops. You know, like the good people aren't as visible. And I then it got me thinking, there's not really a brand behind the good people. So if you think about the pink ribbon, people instantly know what that means. Sure. They know what the impact is. They know who's impacted. They There's a community, there are events, there's all this love around, and, and even the business community with all the, the pink that they wear. And I saw a building the other day that had a big, huge pink ribbon on it. So just everybody coming together around this cause and this visible force that they are fighting that that issue and I thought you know there's just not that brand for the good guys putting love and light out into the world there's not that one community there are a lot of people in lots of little communities that are doing really good stuff but there's not the one big community of people putting love and light out into the world so I thought you know what I think we need to build a brand but we also need to have it do something besides just being a brand so so the concept is it's called the love light circle 
and part of it is a Facebook community and it was launched three weeks ago today and we have 4,500 members already. Super impressive. All across the U.S. and in 11 countries already. Wow. Which is super exciting. That is super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really amazing. And we're right now we're doing this 50 day journey to get somebody from every state in the union um, to be a part of this. And so every day I go alphabetically and I post, hey, who do you know in Alabama? Invite them in. And we just go state by state. Um, we're almost batting a thousand. So if anybody knows someone in Idaho, no, I love, to, love to invite them into the circle. <laughs> right. But other than that, we have, we're all the way through. Today was, uh, uh, Maine. Maine. We're, we're up okay. to Maine. And uh, instantly got people saying, hey, I'm from Maine, you know, so so we're batting a thousand other than uh, Idaho, but we'll get there. We'll yeah, get we'll there. find. I mean, there's there's a potato farmer yeah. who needs to be in this circle. I, I know it. Absolutely. So anyway, so we've got this Facebook community and the whole idea in the community is to post ideas of ways you can do random acts of kindness or just people that are doing really good things in the world and just to be a louder voice and have that one place where people can go. There's so much negativity on the internet and we really wanted to create something where people could go and feel safe and know that it's a good place with good people and invite this to grow and turn this into a national movement. The other thing we're doing is in order to build this visible brand, we are building a web store where we're going to be selling t-shirts and hats and water bottles and magnets and all kinds of branded products. And 100% of the proceeds from those products will go into a fund that we've established at the Dayton Foundation. And that fund will then be used to extend grants to other nonprofits that are doing really love lighty type work. And um, so we're very excited about that. We've gotten some some corporate donations already to get that fund started. Um, the web store will open in a couple of weeks. We've got probably about 15 items that we're gonna have in there initially. And um, one of our corporate sponsors is a company here locally called Shumsky. They are waiving all setup fees. They are not making a profit on any of this. So 100% of the profit from these sales will go into the fund. And they're managing a whole piece of it. They're, somebody on their team, their graphic designer, designed our logo. And he was actually down there that night. Oh, wow. And was saved by a piece of bulletproof glass. So having somebody that was so personally impacted by this be able to pour his heart and soul into our logo was was just kind of an icing on the cake kind of thing. Now, you said something earlier uh, that I want to drill down on just a little bit. You said Love Lighty. It's a you know, very Love Lighty nonprofit. And I, I appreciate the way that you've taken the 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 brand name and now kind of turned it into a what is an adverb or something yeah. like that, right? Like, it's very Love Lighty. So um, I would love for you to tell the people listening, what's What's the what makes something love lighty? Like what what what's an example that you're seeing in this Facebook community? Yeah, it's been really cool. People are posting some really cool things. Um, so love lighty things can be random acts of kindness or something as simple. Today I posted, hey, idea of the day, let somebody in line in front of you, and let us know if you did something like that. And so the first post was. I, I am on a bus every day, and so I always let people off the bus first. And then somebody else said, I've been traveling this morning. I let the other people off the plane first. And it doesn't have to be a visible sign necessarily, but just something that you can do that makes somebody else's day better. Um, so it could be something similar to that, kind of a easy little thing that you could do every day. 
Um, we have one member who has set up these things at Starbucks with um, a pack of post-it notes and some pens just saying share some some loving thoughts and post them on this wall and Starbucks has been very open to, to doing that. I think we're in three or four locations now doing that. Um, somebody else created a um, you know like at the grocery store where they have those tear away pull tab things like Hey, I'm selling my car. Here's my yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she created this thing with a bunch of random acts of kindness saying, just pull one off and go do that random act of kindness that day. Um, so what, what we really want is for people, for, not for us to drive it, but for us to help people find the inspiration to go do these really good proactive things in the world. So um, you could say that, that love, Lighty, is anything that promotes kindness, love, and and shares joy in the world yeah it just makes the world a better place you know just because and, and do you feel like we've shifted away from that or i, I you know I, I often live in the tension of like I, I don't feel like the world is a bad place but the good seems dormant at times what's your thoughts on that that's exactly why we exist i feel exactly the same way that it's that it's dormant or that it's just not as visible. And we really want to encourage people to be out there and share. This is this is what it means to go do good things and buddy up with a friend and go do something. Um, you know, you can buy somebody's meal behind you in line at the drive-through or just anything that that really helps people see that there are good people in the world because I feel like it's contagious. Just like the bad stuff is sometimes contagious, I feel like the good stuff can be contagious. And so that's kind of what we're after is, you know, let's let's show people that we are a force. The good people are a force to be reckoned with in a good way. And and share that inspiration and share the ability to talk about the good things that we're doing. And and again, I think some people just feel like it's bragging or it doesn't count if you tell somebody. And I get that, that's how I've always been. But I think the time has come where we have to be a little bit more vocal about doing good things. So what what one of the things we try to achieve in the Facebook community is to prompt people to tell it. So it's not them saying, hey, look what I did. But, right. but prompt them to say, hey, if you've done this, let us know. And so then it doesn't feel like people are being braggy about it. Um, yeah, churches wrestle with this all the time. Like, yeah. oh, you know, we, we get to go out and serve all these members of the community. But then there's also that cultural feeling like, hey look at us, look what we did, bro. Yeah. But, but it's not, it's not really about that as much as it is about telling the story in our case of what God is doing. And I, I think you guys are sticking pretty, um, kind of non faith related because you, you've got a global mission and that makes, it makes a lot of sense for your organization. And so in this way, it's like, hey, look what love is doing. Right. You know, look what love is doing. Right. And there are a lot of faith-based people in the community, and that's that's great. Perfect, it, yeah. We're certainly not keeping God out of the community. It's just we want to be so inclusive that people don't feel, um, don't have any kind of hesitation to be in a, involved in a, in a community like ours. And, um, and sometimes the people that do have an issue with that are the ones we most need to welcome in. And so... Um, so yeah, so I think it, it's it's like being a um, it's no different really than being a visible role model for a child. Mm. Um, we want to be that visible role model for everybody to say, here's some ways you can go do do good in the world. So it's been three months. 
4,500 people on your Facebook page, corporate sponsors, Dayton Foundation, like Cox Media Group, Cox Media Group, Shumsky, like, I mean, uh, your company, because you're CEO of a successful, uh, successful company. Let me ask you this. How, how has the love light circle changed you personally? Oh gosh, so many ways. Um, one, as I mentioned earlier, it gave me that sense of purpose in my life and helped me feel like now I'm truly connected to something that makes me know that I'm going to make the world a better place than when I got here. You know, So that's, that's the biggest thing. It's reconnected me with um, the circle of friends that, that we knew through Logan because mm. you know, everybody gets busy and goes off and does their thing. And so now that group has gotten very tight and reunited and is working on this together, which is a super cool thing. Um, I've had people come up to me and say what you're doing. Like, it's not about me. It's not about Betsy. It's this whole group. Um, but they're like, what you're doing is so needed right now. And that feels good to hear. It feels like I'm helping to create something that fills the need for other people. Um, so that feels great. Um, but really we just want this to be a national movement and, one of the ideas we're we're still trying to refine exactly who we are and what you know what the message is. It's it's new. It's right, very well, very I, new. I mean, anybody who's launched a brand knows that that those yeah. first couple of years really is all about figuring out how how this plays out. Yeah, what, you know what it really looks like. So one of the things that we're looking at is how do we get local chapters of Love Light in different communities and let them kind of show up in their communities the way that it makes sense for their communities. We don't want to dictate. We don't want to say, here's what you need to do. But, okay, if you have a pocket of people in your community that likes this idea of Love Light and the Love Light Circle and what you can go do proactively as a group, figure that out and go do it, you know? So we just want to support those local pockets of people that want to do this. So just trying to figure out what that can look like. And, um, uh, you know, the, the web store will support it and some of the ideas that we've already gotten. And then the Facebook community is just so dynamic and, and really cool. And, um, what we're seeing a lot of is how teachers are doing some really cool stuff to help their kids, their students become really good human beings. And we feel like, It'll solve a lot of problems in the world, but certainly we hope it solves the the problem of people feeling so so distraught and so um, in a place where they would do something like what happened in the Oregon district. So hopefully we can avoid people feeling isolated or get you know identify people that maybe need help and and help them get yeah that just help. bring people off the fringes and the right. margins bring yes. them, bring them back into a community that says. There's more. Yeah. Now, I, you know, you and I are friends on Facebook and I'm in the group. And one of the things I see often are hashtags that say Logan Hugs. Mm-hmm. Tell me, uh, tell me the origin story of that. Tell me, tell me how that fits into all of it. Give me, give me the scoop. Yeah. So Logan's dad, Mike, um, obviously worst day of his life. And, of course. um, I, I heard him, I'm, I'm repeating the story I've heard him tell, but he said the first few days, of course, he was very, very angry. And um, he said he was talking to Logan and Logan said, dad, this anger's not the way to go. Um, just go hug people. And Logan was a hugger. And so Mike has just taken that and just hugging people and just showing how much he cares about other people. And 
feels like that's Logan working through him. And um, so, so we just... started this hashtag Logan Hugs, and it really got some traction very quickly. Um, so that's been that's been a really Does cool thing. Did he just show too. up places and hug people? Yeah, there's a video of him. He was um, going, I think it was... I could have this wrong, but I think it was to the Dave Chappelle thing, and he was on a bus full of people. And before the bus stopped, he stood up and said, you know, that his son Logan had been killed in the shooting and that he wants to hug everybody. And there's a video of him outside the RTA and people lined up just to get their their Logan hug. So um, wow. it's very cool. He said he's only had one person that has said, mm, pass, you know, but he <laughs> said most people are very open and receptive to it. And and a lot he's of a pretty people, big guy too. He's a big guy. Uh, yeah, that's like big, a bear hug. It's a big bear hug. That's yeah. a big bear hug. Yeah, it's a good hug too. I've I've gotten a few, and uh, it's a really good. In fact, when we got things set up at the Dayton Foundation, um, we went outside and we all were doing Logan hugs, and we got some really great pictures from that. And it's just it's just such a good thing to see, and so heartwarming. And you think if if somebody that lost their son in such a tragic way can find a way to give good out into the world within hours of that happening, then we all can. We can all go do something good. And um, so, yeah, that, and it, it's cool to see it get traction. Yeah, because I feel like I see it everywhere on the yeah. internet, yeah. right? Like it's just uh, hashtag Logan hugs everywhere. Yeah. Now, how, how does that fit into Love Light? Is that just, um, you know, one representation? Yeah, so um, the the thing for us that's been a little bit of a, a balancing act is we want this to appeal nationally and globally. So we don't want it to be just Dayton or, you know, a, about a specific person because there's so many families that have been impacted. Yeah, because you guys are this. really trying to make this bigger than just the Oregon district. Exactly. We really are. It's challenging because we have so many great supporters in Dayton, you know, right. that are jumping on board. So um, we want to make sure that everybody knows that everybody is welcome from all across the world. Um, so um, so we, there are places where the Logan Hug thing works perfect. So, for example, we were invited to um, be a presence at the um, Dayton Strong City Fest down at Levitt Pavilion a few weeks ago. And they were so gracious. They had a big video wall with our logo and all kinds of cool stuff. So we were down there, about 30 of us, in our Love Light green t-shirts. And um, on the back, we put join the circle, hashtag Logan Hugs, because it was super appropriate for a local event. Um, but what? But we don't want it to, to put people, you know, to make people think that it's not about everybody. Because this, this Love Light movement that we're creating is really about changing the world for for everybody's benefit. So to make it specific about Dayton, we don't really want that to be the case. And and that's what Logan's folks want as well. You know, they want this to be a big national thing. So So somebody who oftentimes has to get people to do stuff, volunteers, I mean in the church world we do this all the time. How how do you um how do you engage this project in a way that doesn't burn you out? Because I'm, I mean, you're a successful business leader. You're doing about a million things. You got all the grandkids, and you're a, an incredible water skier, boater, extraordinaire. <laughs> that is such a stretch, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how do you manage this passion project and keep it moving, um, and also manage the rest of your life? Very timely question. Um, I felt like it was my role to kind of build the foundation for it because I had this vision. I've got the business experience and the connections in local business connections to make things happen like the web store with Shumsky because Shumsky's actually a client of mine. So it, it was just something that, 
that I was able to do um, on that front. So what what I am thinking at this point is that I'm going to help get the foundation built and we're going to build it in a way that other people empower other people to go do this stuff. We're actually having a meeting tonight where we're going to start really refining roles and responsibilities. We we're looking at this as a business. You know, we want to run this as a business so that it has the ability to scale that people are doing what they say they're going to do kind of a, an unspoken um, culture of accountability. If people say they're gonna do something, we hope that they actually will so that we can really get traction with this. So we're having a meeting tonight to see, okay, who's gonna take different pieces and parts of this and take them and, and lead them? Um, because it won't go anywhere if it's just me. And, and it's not just me already. I mean, I don't know. You're, people, you're a pretty powerful person. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people that are already plugging in in lots of different areas. So it's absolutely not just me. Sure. Um, it's just that I'm kind of the the hub for a lot of amazing spokes. Well, like you said, your superpower is connecting people. It's yeah. what you, it's what you do professionally. It's what you do. It's just what you do. It's who mm-hmm. you are. So that's that's really cool to see. God use your gifts in this particular kind of output. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you use the gifts that you've been given, it's easy hmm. and, and it doesn't feel like work. You know, it's this Love Light project, as much as I love my day job, if I could do this all day, every day, I would. You know, I just I love it that much. I love the idea of where it can go. We have big visions of where of things we're going to do with it. Um, but if if I took the reins too tight, it would never go anywhere. I would be a bottleneck. I don't have the most great ideas. There are so many other people coming to me with great ideas. I'm just kind of channeling those a little bit. So so the goal is really to get people in places where they're using their gifts and can help take this mission you know, out into their communities or, or where, whatever part they want to plug into. Um, we've got some brilliant marketing minds in the group. We've got some we've Kathy's a teacher a former teacher here in Centerville actually and so she's got a real passion around how do we get this in the schools and Hmm. so everybody has gifts that they can bring to this and so I just want to get the foundation built we got we got the fun set up we got the web store almost ready to launch we got the website almost ready to launch so we're within a couple weeks of all of that foundational stuff being done and then just everybody take it and go so, you know, one of the words I keep hearing again and again, I think I've wrote it down like three times, is the word gifts. Mm-hmm. And and you and I talked prior to this incident about not sure where your gift should be used and what does that look like. And I would imagine um, there's somebody right now who feels like they don't know what they're supposed to be doing with their life, mm-hmm. you know, how they're supposed to be using their gift, which was you not too long ago. Um, what? What words of wisdom do you have for them, for the person who's waiting to figure out what God's calling them to? I think, and you and I had this conversation too, I asked you to help me understand the concept of surrender. Mm. And I think I was trying too hard to find my place. I'm like, oh, maybe I could do this because I like that. And my son's a disabled veteran. And I was like, oh, I really want to get involved in veteran issues. And I just couldn't find the right place for my skills in that. And and I, I've tried several different things. I've been on some boards. And I think I was trying to, trying to push it too hard. And then finally, after I had the conversation with you, I thought, okay, it'll it'll come to me where I need to be and just don't fret and just listen 
and listen with my heart and just kind of know that God will put me where he wants me to be and on his timing. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, one of the things I hear in your story, and I, I think I see it a lot in scripture is this idea of this, um, this holiness in waiting mm-hmm. and that, that there's probably somebody listening right now who just needs to just wait and be okay with it, mm-hmm. which that, I mean, I think that's, that's the, the hard part, right? Being, <laughs> yeah. being okay with surrendering as an act of worship and, you know, remembering that you're not God, but on the other side of it now, how does it, how does it feel? How does it feel differently? I mean, could, could you imagine what would have happened if you had already said yes to doing disabled veteran stuff? Yeah, it, it's just so funny because I have a passion about a lot of things. I'm very passionate about disabled veterans, but I just couldn't figure out how to use my gifts for that. Mm. Um, absolutely have that passion. Just was like, it wasn't coming as naturally for me to figure out how to plug in. And so I think it is hard to wait. It's very, very hard to wait because I really wanted to get involved in something. And I also felt like, okay, what is it that will make me be willing to give up what little extra time I have. Everybody's busy. Everybody's calendars are full. Yeah, but you're super busy. Well, no busier than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people have very, very full days. Um, But it was like, what, what would be worth me giving up some of my free time for? And once I, once I had the conversation with you, I thought, you know, I think it'll, it'll come to me. But it is hard to wait, especially when you want to plug in and you want to do good things. And it's not to say you can't while you're waiting. You can certainly do some things. But to find that one big passion, you know, some people find it when they're five years old. Some people find it when they're 70 years old. And it, we just don't know. So so luckily, luckily and unfortunately, you know, because of the circumstances, I found where I need to be in that. I wish it didn't exist. You know, I yeah. wish the purpose for this this group did not exist, but it does, and so that's what I feel like I need to to do to make an impact. Has this tragedy and uh, and kind of redemption story? I don't know if it's quite a redemption story, but it's certainly working that way. Has it changed the way you look at God at all? Honestly, no. Um, you know, I just. I still have my beliefs and my core and my my peace with God. And I know some people have said after this happened that they get very angry at God that, that something like this could happen. I never felt that emotion. I certainly understand it, but, sure. but I never felt that. Um, I just, I'm not an angry person, so that just wasn't an emotion that came up with me. Um, I just was praying that... A, I would find my way to try to help with it. So I think that was a big part of this all happening. And and B, that other people would, would find their peace and and be able to manage their grief in a way that, that works well for them. So so not really. It, it you know, I think God is a loving God and um, it can be very confusing when things happen like this, but um, I think everybody kinda needs to process that in their own way. And, uh, and I, re- I really like the part of your story where you um, you kind of leaned in, right? I mean, there's I think there's a lot of different ways to handle tidal waves. Mm-hmm. And, and one way is to try to outrun them. Yep. Uh, and another way is to try to surf them. Mm-hmm. And I just get the impression that through all of this, you really leaned in to try to surf them uh, as best you can. You know, Tony, that makes me think of a story. So if I can share Please. when... 
you and I and some friends went out at six o'clock in the morning to Caesars Creek and went sunrise water skiing. Which is one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. Absolutely. Mine too. And I had never figured out how to get on the outside of the wake. Hmm. I just never could do it. And Lilia said to me, don't try to just ride it over sideways. Turn your skis right into it and face it. Just face that wake and go over it that way. And it made all the difference. And the very first time I tried it, second time, um, when I did what she said, but I had just turned right into that wake and I got over it. And so it's kind of a, a metaphor for this. You know, I did. I just like, okay, I got to face this. And honestly, there were times after I put this idea out there and saw that it was kind of getting legs kind of fast, there were times I woke up in the middle of the night clutching my chest thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I don't have time for this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to ever do anything that would add more hurt to the families that have been involved. Mm. And that made me nervous. Like, I just, I don't know if I should be doing this. And holy cow, I'm already complaining that I don't have enough time. Where am I going to find time to do this? And there were moments of real doubt going into this. Like, maybe I better just pull back on this and say, you know what, this is just a crazy idea I had. Maybe we can do something little, but we're not going to go big on this. And then it, it the train just kind of left the station. And I was like, nope, this this is bigger than I am. It's, it's faster than I am. It's a need. Clearly, it's a need to get 4,500 people in a couple of weeks on the website or on the Facebook community. So, um, and there's still days where I wake up and like, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if, I, if right. I've got what it takes to keep doing this, but, but you know, those are passing moments, but I do think just turning my skis into the wake and, and just going for it is. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, uh, five years from now, how do we know if this experiment is successful? Yeah, that's actually one of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight. What what success looks like for us? Sure. You know, really define what that looks like. Um, initial thoughts are that we're not seeing horrible headlines as much as we do now. That would be a major win if it's more shocking when these things happen rather than oh another one. You know, mm. um, and not just again not just mass shootings, but anything horrible in the world. It should be shocking. It shouldn't be everyday occurrence. And um, when I heard on the news, when this happened, that Dayton was the 250th mass shooting in 2019, I could hardly breathe when I heard that. I yeah. had no idea, no idea. And I thought, well, they got that wrong. turns out that it's an accurate statistic. And so that should not be commonplace. And it's not commonplace in other countries. So what can we learn from other countries where this is not a problem? This is just not a problem in other countries. So how can we solve it in our in our country? So I hope to never see that headline again. Reality is we probably will, but we really hope we never see that headline again. And if what we're doing helps minimize that, then we'll feel like we're successful. So how can uh, how can people get involved in this process? How can our listeners get engaged and um, and get connected to the Love Light Circle? Yeah, so we have a Facebook community, Love Light Circle, mm -hmm. easy to find. Uh, Love Light, all one world, w one word, but one world too. <laughs> right. Um, so welcoming people to to come in there and post and engage with the other members. It's just a phenomenal group of people. Um, we also have, it's not our full website, that'll be a couple weeks yet, but there's a place to just sign up with your email address. So if you're not on Facebook, you can get email newsletters to find out what's going on. 
Um, and then we just we just welcome ideas. You know, what can you do to to bring this visible force of good into your community wherever you are? Um, and then anybody's more than welcome to reach out to to me at Betsy at thecongruitygroup.com. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, thanks. Um, if you have any questions or have ideas that you want to share or, hey, can you guys support us in getting XYZ off the ground because we feel like it's a good thing. And then at some point we're going to um, very soon have the information about the grants on the website. So yeah. people can, if they're part of a nonprofit, they can apply for these grants that we want to distribute. The lo- Love Lighty Grants. Love Lighty Grants. Love oh, it's it. a verb. It's a noun. It's an adjective. It's an adverb. <laughs> we're we're going to use Love Light in I lots love of it. ways. I love it. Yeah. In fact, somebody said to me the other day, they said, you know, I'm just not feeling very love lighty today. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, just, you know, if we can make that a commonplace word. I saw a meme this morning that had this little girl, and she had these big sunglasses on that were shaped like a heart. Each one of the lenses was shaped like a heart, and it said, I can't see the haters because I've got my love glasses on. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if we can get people just looking through their love glasses, yeah. that that will be a good thing too. And uh, So one of the questions I, I love to ask all my guests um, is if, if you go back, um, if you go back five, ten years, um, and and before mass shootings were almost a commonplace occurrence, um, what advice? What advice would you give yourself? Um, yeah, what advice would you give yourself about uh, about your calling, your gifts, this movement about? What do you think God's calling you to in the world? How to get there sooner? Um, I think I would give myself the advice to not overcommit in things that don't advance your life and the lives of those around you. Hmm. So, I mean, I spend a ton of time with my family and my grandkids, um, but I've gotten involved in, in things because, because it was really important to them. And maybe it's because I wanted to help, but it it took bandwidth. I mean, we each only have so much bandwidth. And if you're so busy doing, you don't have as much time to listen to what maybe what that calling is. So just trying to to do as much as you can without it being limiting to yourself. I, I'm not explaining this very well, but um, no, I I actually think that maybe better than what you think. The okay. the idea of bandwidth. Be intentional about where you you give who you give your bandwidth to. Yeah, that's what I really hear you saying. Yeah, exactly. And and I think a lot of people are wired to overdo that, and then they don't have the time. You know, it's just like in your business. They say work on your business, not in your business. And so many people are busy working in life that they're not working on their life. Hmm. And um, I think when you when you're too stacked doing and not enough time to just really think that sometimes it takes longer. And I think that's why it took me so long is because I was just going, 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 going all the time that I didn't really take the time to sit and think what I wasn't intentional about. Where do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? Who do I want to impact? How do I want to impact? I just never took the time. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's that's probably a really good and timely word for a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if somebody wants to connect with you, uh, email and then... You also do some speaking and have done I some do. writing as well. Is there a website that they can find information about you? Um, 
not really. <laughs> um, but but one thing, if I if you don't mind me sure. putting it out there, we do want to get out and speak. And there's several of us on the on the charter team, so to speak, that are willing to um, get out there and tell this story and try to invite as many people into this as possible. So um, we're always looking for speaking opportunities um, for service clubs. There are a lot of service clubs around here. Or, or organizations that want to bring this kind of philosophy of love light into their organizations, we would very much welcome the opportunity to speak. And um, I'm happy to give my phone number either here or on the show notes. Um, if yeah, people, people call. yeah, people can call, get a hold yeah. of me or get a hold of you via yeah. email. There's all the social media channels, and yeah, you're, you're actually super responsive on the Facebook page oh. as well. So you're. You're on it. You're it's such a it. cool thing to get to interact with these amazing people. No, I you love know? it. I, just, I love it. It's a it's a balancing act because I do have to keep my day job, and uh, right. so right. so it's. It, but I mean, if you got to if you think about the chance to just hang out with really cool people all day, and they're all here in this Facebook community, and um, so yeah, it's it's definitely been a gift to me. I hope that Love Light will spread and be a gift to a lot of people, but it's it's one of the greatest gifts to me. Well, Betsy, thank you so much for your heart, and thank you for what you do, and thank you for sharing Logan's story and your story on the show today. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time today to listen to this conversation with Betsy. I know that you found it as rewarding as I did. Hopefully, you'll go out and you'll kind of use this as a catalyst to do something kind and something big in your world. I know that there are so many of us out there who are hurting in the world, who see pain, who've seen suffering, and this is our opportunity to do something about it. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, thank you for telling everybody about this podcast, because without you and your support, we wouldn't be able to continue to grow at the pace that we're growing at, which is incredible. So uh, as always, rates, reviews, that all helps. But the, the best compliment you can give us, share this episode with somebody you might know. Until next time, I invite you to check me out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, at TWMilt, and we'll see you guys real soon.